Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light, the private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter 5, continued. Section 4, His Grace is not interested in the voices and visions. Mother Teresa's entreaties did not have the desired effect. Archbishop Perrier was not ready to meet with her. Instead, he expressed a number of reservations to her spiritual director and wanted further clarification on some issues. Father Van Exum reported directly to Mother Teresa all the points the Archbishop had raised. For each one, she set out to furnish a response. October 19th, 1947. Father, as we shall begin work tomorrow, I give you my answer to your letter. You may, if you think it good, send this to His Grace. First, the work in Calcutta is so great that there will never be enough nuns to do all that. Still, there are at least some to do it while for the slum poor. Nobody. Second, his, yes, that is Archbishop Perrier's, is not sufficient to start the work, it is true. But it is required to begin my action with Rome. Our Lord will do everything. But for the material working of his plan, according to the rules and regulations of canon law, of which I am perfectly ignorant, his grace's yes is necessary. It will start the work with Rome. Third, I have never seen Kasapuri. I have heard it is a big, open, quiet place. From the very beginning, Kasapore and Sialda have been on the list. I have heard from Mr. Animanada, may he rest in peace, that he left Boy's own home to his grace in his will. How far this is true, I do not know. In my letter of Corpus Christi, I wrote that choosing of the place, I leave to his grace as we cannot be without the Blessed Sacrament. Fourth, the Church does not take chance, but she often uses means, human means, to fulfill her divine mission. What those people meant was this. Fifth, the life I want to lead with my sisters, I know, will be a difficult one, both for European and Indian sisters but nothing is difficult to one who loves. Who cannot outdo God in his generosity? If we poor human beings give him everything and surrender our whole being to his service? No, he is sure to stand by us and with us as everything in us will be his. Sixth, when I give up the life in the Institute of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Loretto sisters, in my poverty and chastity, I shall be bound to God wholly in obedience. I shall, for the present, obey his grace in all things. 
until Rome thinks otherwise. Nobody can unbind me from God. I am consecrated to him, and as such I desire to die. I don't know what the canon law has to say in this matter, but I know our Lord will never allow himself to be separated from me. Neither will he allow anyone to separate me from him. His grace needs, quote, a grave reason to support me in Rome. The salvation of souls, the satiating of Christ's thirst for love and souls. Is this not grave enough? Seventh, you must pray much when the time comes to speaking. I trust this also to the Holy Spirit, who is sure to help my ignorance and show his strength. Naturally, I am not a bit afraid of his grace, so this will help to speak more freely. Eighth, I am glad his grace is not interested in the voices and visions. They came unasked, and they have gone. They have not changed my life. They have helped me to be more trustful and draw closer to God. They have increased my desire to be more and more his little child. I have obeyed you to the letter in regard of them, so I do not fear. I attach no importance to them as regards the call, because my desires to immolate myself were just as strong before they came. Why they came, I do not know, neither do I try to know. I am pleased to let him do with me, just as it pleaseth him. Ninth. The letters. Keep them. I shall need them. Tell his grace all that he wants to know. And if there are any parts which he desires to have, let me copy them, or if you can do it, it will be better. Do not destroy any of the letters that are in connection with the work. Tenth. His grace is right. Anything, or rather many things that come from me, are all due to my many sins and weakness. You know that just as well as I do. I can only spoil his work, his plans. But I want so much to be very pleasing to him. And if through my stupidity and sinfulness, God's work is spoilt and done less perfectly, he knows what my desires are in his regard. Yes, do not spare me in anything. Let there be less and less of me in everything. Eleventh, Father Moyersen has two candidates, and the two Yugoslavs in Rome, and then three Indian girls and myself. Twelfth, the exchange will do harm to both sides for the present. We need the Daughters of St. Anne for the future education of our middle-class people. When we all get stronger, there will more, be more unity between the two orders. Thirteenth, regarding Father Krusen, it is perfectly true, it is not my concern. Mary Teresa To each concern of the archbishops, Mother Teresa's answers were confident and bold, especially when she addressed the role of the voices and the visions. 
Such unusual phenomenon did not appeal to the prudent and practical archbishop. He was not interested in them. This did not worry Mother Teresa, for though these extraordinary graces helped her, she did not consider them essential to the call. As for the grave reason, Archbishop Perrier needed to endorse her plan. She could not think of one graver than the salvation of souls, the satiating of Christ's thirst. The thirst of Jesus was at the heart of her call and was the ultimate reason to move ahead. On one point, Mother Teresa and the Archbishop Perrier could agree, her weakness. Both of them feared that self might be involved in the whole matter, although each had a different idea of how the self might be influencing her efforts. While the Archbishop feared that the self might be unduly pressing the launch of the project, Mother Teresa feared that the self might be hindering it. Rather ingenuously, Father Van Exum handed Mother Teresa's replies to the Archbishop together with his own lengthy letter of support. Earlier, he had rendered his positive judgment. In my examine of the voices, I found nothing to disturb my faith in them. I am convinced that they come from God. There is no item at all which can make me doubt. Now again, he deemed it opportune to defend his favorable position, which rested solely on the fruits of holiness that he had witnessed in her life. For your grace's information, I must make it clear that in my direction given, I have never attached much importance to the strange happenings. It is not the voice and the visions at all which made me believe in the genuineness of the call, but the genuineness of the call which prompted me to believe I had to tell you what I thought of the voices and visions. My belief in the reality of the call was never there in the strange phenomenon. It was based on my knowledge of the exceptional virtue of Mother Teresa and also of her natural endowments to answer the call with success. On the terrible trials which prepared the call and accompanied it for a long time, and the manifest action of divine grace in that soul. In these four things, I know I am not deceived. When the Archbishop realized that Father Van Exen had repeated to Mother Teresa the details of their conversation. He was not pleased. He had mentioned and intended some of his remarks only for Father Van Exen. Even as he apologized to the Archbishop for his indiscretion, Father Van Exen continued to be Mother Teresa's advocate, restating his conviction that it all came from God and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Archbishop Perrier was determined to act only when he could do so in good conscience. So far, neither Mother Teresa's pressing letters nor her spiritual director's personal conviction were sufficient grounds for the Archbishop to give his assent.
an experienced, zealous missionary, and a bishop for 25 years. He could not decide until he was able to say before my conscience and before God that I did everything to come to the right decision. It may be, he added in a letter to Father Van Exen, that for Mother Teresa everything is as clear as daylight. I cannot claim it is the same for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you notice in that those 13 points of her letter to Father Van Exen that Mother Teresa's wording and her grammar and the pronouns, they didn't all always add up. There was something kind of confusing at times, unclear, slightly ungrammatical. Why was that? Well, because she was in a hurry. She was writing to someone to whom she had talked about these things with, and they both kind of understood each other. And it was a private letter, maybe like a, we might say like a text message these days, and she's firing it off. She's communicating in such a way as, as needed. Now, why is this important for us? Because there is a time for everything. And Mother Teresa was busy getting ready for school. She was focusing on her duties. And she had to answer this now. And so there are things in our lives that we have to do quickly. There are things that we have to do in a bit of a hurry. Now we do it in the presence of God. But we have to give to each thing the time that it's needed. We have to be very docile to the Holy Spirit. We have to be trying to follow his lead. And we have to give to our duties, our responsibilities, the things that come up, just the right amount of time they need. We also need to give to persons just the right amount of time they need. And that will not be the same for everyone. There are some things we can do quickly, some things we have to really take our time with. And let us ask for advice. Let us ask for counsel. Mother Teresa is really teaching us we need other people to help us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.